Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard, Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church, and it's good to be back. Last week, unfortunately, I was unable to record the podcast because I've just been so crazy, stinking busy, trying to get the church ready for Easter. Since we're doing our service outdoors in our parking lot, uh, we decided to go ahead and paint the walls of our parking lot just to make that better. And we also put some banners up about our church and what we're all about. And then the piece de resistance is we connected with a, a guy named Chris Mason. He does Chris Mason art. If you want to look at his stuff, it's really great. Just um, on Instagram, just hit at Chris Mason art. And you'll see some of his incredible work. He's taught classes at my kids' school, taught art, art classes at my kids' school. And he also does it at schools around the community as well. And it's been a tough year for him just because of, you know, the way that schools have been closed down. So we wanted to support a local artist. So we hired him and we had him, plus also he's a friend. So we hired him and we had him do a mural for us, which I am so excited about. Uh, It's angel wings. So you can come and stand in front of the angel wings to post. And, And so I want to invite you to come do that. Come over to our church Encounter Community Church, 18749 Crenshaw Boulevard, Torrance, California, 90504, and take pictures in front of these awesome angel wings. If you haven't seen it yet, feel free to head over to our social media so that you can see what they look like. It's just pretty stinking incredible. I'm so excited about it. And if you do come and you do that, if you could do us a favor, if you can hashtag it, Encounter South Bay. We would love to see uh, what your pictures look like. That would be really incredible. Tons of fun. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about this Easter. We're kicking off a brand new series called Where is the Love? And really it's answering this this one question. Of course, many of us are familiar with the song by the Black Eyed Peas that came out in 2003. They also re-released it in 2016. And it just asked that simple question, where is the love? And, and here's the truth. When we look at what's happened in America over the last year or two in 2020 and 2021, between what happened with Black Lives Matter and then also we look at the recent increase in, in violence against Asian Americans in our country, where is the love? Where is the love? So we're we're kicking off that series, and I'm so excited about it because we're doing it in a way that we're reflecting on just Easter. And what does the love of Jesus, the love of God, what does that really mean, and what does that really look like? So I do hope that you'll be able to join us. We are doing our outdoor services this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in our parking lot. We're also doing it virtually. Uh, for either one of those, we're going to do an Easter egg hunt. So there'll be a virtual Easter egg hunt just for fun, for your kids to be able to watch if they're watching the virtual service. And then here physically, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt for the kids to be able to do. So 
It should be tons of fun. Really excited about that. And it's it's one of the things that's really funny. Well, at least funny to me and, you know, just the way that I am. I laugh at my own jokes. <laughs> and that wasn't even a joke. I just laugh at my own stuff. I'm just so sticking hilarious. Ask my kids. Don't. Because <laughs> they'll tell you, no, my dad is not funny. Silly. Not funny. But one of the things that, that we did is as we stepped back and we looked at our parking lot, I said, man, it's 100% better. And that has really become the growing joke for my family is whenever I do something around the house, I tell my wife, I say, Heidi, Heidi, honey, look at this. It's 100% better. I change a light switch panel. Look, honey, it's 100% better. <laughs> like, that, that's been my thing lately. And just thank God that I have a really supportive and encouraging wife who don't make me feel like, okay, dummy, you said that about everything that you've done. That it, well, not everything I've done. There's some things that I've done. Hey, it's fixed, but it ain't 100% better. <laughs> I'll say that because I'm not I'm not a I'm not the handyman handy guy kind of person. I've been learning a lot. Thank God for YouTube. There there are so many things that I've been able to fix around our house because of YouTube. Like I've been able to fix a dryer. I've been able to uh, change out a light switch. I've been able to. I mean, there's just a whole slew of things that I've been able to do thanks to YouTube. And, and I say that because. Every single one of us needs someone to invest in us to help us be able to do things better, to help us to be able to become a better person. And that really is one of the things that Christianity is about. It's really one of the tenets of Christianity. If you look throughout the scriptures, you will see that people invested in someone else in order for them to be able to be successful. For example, with Moses, you had Joshua. He invested in Joshua. Joshua took over after Moses died. And Joshua became the one who actually led the people of Israel into the promised land. You look at Jesus. He had the 12 disciples. If you read through the scriptures, you'll find a guy named Paul. Paul had a guy named Titus. He also had a, Paul, he had a guy named Timothy. And in getting started, Paul had a guy that walked alongside him named Barnabas. There is this thing in scripture that really emphasizes this idea of taking someone under your wing and just investing in their life and making their life that much better. This Sunday, we just finished up a series that we've been doing called How to Become the Goat. How to Become the Goat. And the GOAT again stands for the greatest of all time. And we've said over the course of this series is that every single one of us is the greatest of all time in some area of their life, in some facet of our life. We could be the greatest of all time as a husband, as a wife, as a father, as a mother, as a son, as a daughter, as a student, as a teacher, as an employer, as an employee. And we can go through the list. Just think about the roles that you have in your life. And there's a possibility that you can be the greatest of all time in that role. Because God has really laid out many times how we can continue to prove ourselves so that we can be our best selves. So we looked at that. And, and over the course of this series, we, we've said things like, 
Goats are not changed by their culture, they change their culture. So whenever you bring someone in who's the greatest of all time, the culture changes, the culture gets better, it moves forward, it grows, it develops. Then not only that, we said the type of greatness that you pursue will either make or break you. So we looked at pursuing success that is, or greatness, I should say, that is defined by what the world sees as greatness compared to what Jesus Christ says is greatness. And the thing that we found that was really ironic is I can pursue what society says around me as greatness and never achieve what Jesus Christ says is greatness. However, if I pursue what Jesus Christ says is greatness, there is a possibility that I may achieve the world's greatness. And then the other thing that we talked about is what is the greatest virtue of someone who is a goat? And that's passion. It's love. It's passion. They're passionate about whatever it is that they're able to do, and they're able to bring other people alongside them to help them. And unfortunately, we weren't, I wasn't able to record the podcast last week, but if I were able to, I would have talked about how God qualifies the unqualified. That's what Stan spoke about in our message, and I would have loved to have the opportunity to dive a little bit deeper into that, but... Unfortunately, oh, well, maybe fortunately, I was diving deeper into paint. <laughs> That's what I was diving into. But I do want you to understand this, that every single one of us, we think that we are unqualified. Maybe we're unqualified because of a lack of ability. Maybe we feel unqualified because of the mistakes that we've made in our life. But God sees all that. And if God calls you to it, He'll qualify you. And that's what Easter is about, for one thing. Easter is about the fact that if you were unqualified because of your past mistakes, God recognizes it and God says, I have a plan. I'm going to give my son and my son will die for you so that you can be forgiven for the past mistakes that you've made in your life and be able to move forward to become the person that I have created you to be. I mean, that's, that's just beautiful when you look at it that way. When you think about what it is that God has fashioned and what God has called us to be able to do. Now, as we wrapped up the series this Sunday, we talked about what, what's another sign? Like, if I'm going to be the greatest of all time, what's another sign? And on Sunday, I asked everyone to think about this, and, and I want to encourage you to do so as well. Who's that one person? Who's that one person in your life that as a result of their investment into you, that because of their belief in you, that because of their support of you, that you have been able to achieve something, that you've been able to move further, that you've been able to grab a hold of, that you are where you're at in your life because of that one person. Maybe it was a teacher. Maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was one of your former employers. Maybe it was a professor. Maybe it was your mom or your dad. But may, and, or maybe it was just someone that was just in your life for a moment. But someone that was in your life for a brief moment, but they spoke something into you that was absolutely profound. They saw something in you that no one else saw. And it may have even been 
that everyone else spoke failure into your life based upon whatever that one area is. But this person said, no, no, no. Don't listen to them. I've seen your gifts. I've seen your talents. And I believe in you. Who is that person that has been there for you in your life in that way? Because that really is a sign of someone who is a goat. Is that they're willing to take someone else under their wing to invest in them, to help them be able to recognize their gifts, their talents, their abilities, to maybe have a conversation with them about their dreams and then say, hey, I'm going to walk beside you to help you be able to achieve your dreams. I'm going to invest in you to help you see that become a reality. Maybe you were in debt and you didn't know how to manage your finances. And someone came alongside you and said, hey, I will walk with you through your debt to show you how to be able to manage your money better. And as a result of that person, you've been able to pull yourself out of the financial woods and now you are able to not be stressed out every time you open the mailbox. So who is that person that is invested in your life? That has brought you to this point? And, and the one question that I challenged our church with this Sunday is this. Who is your who? Who is your who? Did you know that one of the challenges that Jesus Christ gave every single one of us who calls ourselves his followers, one of the challenges that he gave us is to have someone who is our who. And you may wonder, well, well Kim, where did Jesus Christ challenge me with that? Well, it says in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And surely I will be with you until the very end of the age. So there it is. There it is. Every single one of us is called to have a who. And it seems like if we look at this passage, specifically, every single one of us is called to have a who that is not connected to God, or maybe have become disconnected from God, or maybe is wavering in their faith to God, or maybe they're new to him and who he is. But every single one of us should have someone who is our who. Now, if we go back to Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, it gives us a formula on how to be able to influence someone in a way that will help them take a step forward and hopefully spiritually. 
Hopefully spiritually. Who is that who in your life that is willing to take a step forward spiritually? Maybe they're willing to consider God and, and who he is. Or, or maybe they've considered God, and, and now because they've seen God's work in your life, they're ready to say, you know what, I, I think I want to follow this God, but I'm just not sure how to do it. And then that's when you're also able to come along and say, hey, well, well let me show you how. This is what it looks like. Who, who is your who? So when we go back to Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, here's what it does is it gives us a formula on how to do that. First of all, it says, go and make disciples. Now, I want to make sure that we clarify what that really means. Because I I think sometimes as Christians, when we see go and make disciples, we think that means go and make church goers or go and make Christians. That's, That's not what they're saying. What it's saying is go and Build relationships with people that become, that belong with you, that, that connect with you, that are building relationship with you. I call it belong. But they feel like they belong with you because of that connection with you, because of that relationship with you, that you have become a significant part of their life. Belong. And if you notice, that's what Jesus did. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, he says, to the disciples, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You know what he did? He invited them into relationship with him. Did they believe like Jesus believed? No, obviously. Because more than once in Scripture, Jesus Christ said this to the disciples, Oh, you of little faith. You know what he's saying? Is you're at a place where your beliefs just aren't exactly there yet. But in the meantime, they were still one of his disciples, although they didn't believe like he believed, although they didn't get what he said. He said several times, hey, I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to die. or I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. And three days later, I'm going to rise again. And it's very interesting because one of the things that we see in Scripture is that once the disciples saw Jesus Christ alive again, that's when they said, oh, we got it. We got it. Jesus Christ, now we understand what you were saying. Now it completely makes sense to us. Now it completely makes sense to us. But in order to get to that moment, it took time. It took time for them to get there. And I think sometimes that may be the case for us as well. It may take time. But I I think sometimes what we have a tendency to try to do as Christians is we put the uh, we we put the emphasis on the wrong syllable <laughs> to to steal that line. Or another famous one is we put the cart before the what horse. Because if we go back to Matthew chapter twenty eight verses nineteen and twenty, it says, "Go and make disciples." So belong. And then it says, "Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit." You know what that is? Believe. So they haven't even believed 
until after they belonged. I mean, wrap your head. Take a moment to wrap your head around that. It was after they belonged, they were able to get to this point where they were able to finally be able to believe. So this is the challenge I think that Jesus Christ is giving us as well for us to be able to do this with others that are around us. Are we allowing them the opportunity to be able to connect, to have that kind of relationship where as a result of your investment into their lives, they get to a point where they begin to believe, where they begin to believe. So with with that in mind, that brings us to the next part. It says, teaching them to obey and and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. So it's belong, then they believed, and now it's become. And now it's become. Again, sometimes the mistake that we make is we say, become like me, and then you can belong with me. That's not the biblical formula. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus did with the disciples. He didn't say, become like me or believe like me, then you can follow me. No, that's exactly the opposite of what he did. And I think we as Christians, we need to make sure that we get that. We need to make sure that we understand that. So that way, what we could do is we can begin to make sure that we are being the kind of influencers that God has called us to be. Because that's huge. That is a huge step for us to be able to understand when we look at it from that point, when we look at it from that perspective. But again, as you look at the, the journey of the disciples, you get a chance to be able to do a deep dive into their lives as they go through that process of beginning to understand Christ and who he is and his message and his work and his life. Do a deep dive into their lives and you'll see that. Look at the point where they have began to believe. And then again, you'll get an opportunity to get that. So as I said before, who's your who? Who's that person that you're investing in? Who's that person whose life is changing because of you? Who's that person whose marriage is changing because of you? Who's that person whose relationship with his kids or her kids is changing because of you? Who is that person that is becoming a better employer or employee because of you? Who is that person? Again, who's your who? Who's your who? Who are you investing in so that they can be able to live the best life possible? Again, it it says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, and the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. So invest in others, invest in others, so that they will also be able to understand what is happening. I I was thinking about this moment. There's going back to this idea 
of believing. When did the disciples begin to believe? And, and there's this one point where Jesus is in Cana, and he sees some things that are happening that really bother him. And so what he does is he runs everyone out of the temple because he, see people, he sees people getting taken advantage of. He's seen that they've turned it into a marketing system. So it, it was supposed to be where if you were poor, you could come in and you would be able to buy the things that you needed in order to do your sacrifice. Uh, if you were traveling, Maybe you couldn't travel with your goats or you couldn't travel with your sheep or, you, or sheep or you couldn't travel with what was needed to make the sacrifice for your sins. So they would come to the temple to be able to purchase those things. But the problem is, people saw that. It's, it's like when you're driving through a little town and the next gas station is 75 miles away and you have just driven you know, 200 miles, and you are on less than a quarter of a tank, and you know that you need to get gas. And you pull into the gas station, and they charge what? Triple. Why? Because they know you ain't got no other place to go. They know that. And so with that in mind, that's what they did at the temple. And it just... It drove Jesus crazy because it really took away from what the temple was supposed to be about. And so the Bible says that he, he threw everyone out of the temple. And then he was being questioned about it. And here is what he says. All right. Because they asked him, what, what gives you the right? What gives you the right to throw us out of this temple? Who do you, basically, who do you think you are? And yes, I'm shaking my head ghetto style as I say that. <laughs> you know, who do you think you are? You can kind of hear the attitude in my voice as I say it. But Jesus says, all right. Jesus replied, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. What? This is, in, sorry, John chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. What? They exclaimed, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you can rebuild it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he, remember he has said this, and listen, listen, this is, this is important. And they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. So the, the whole three years that they were with Jesus, they just did not get it. But now he raises again. He rises again. They begin to remember, oh, when he taught this. Oh, when he said this. Oh, remember that time at the temple? That everything began to come together. And then here's the thing that's interesting. Is after his resurrection, that's when the disciples not only believed, but they began to become more and more like Christ. The whole three years that they were with him, they didn't really get it. But they were around him. So I think it's important for us to make sure that we understand. You can't expect someone who is not a Christian 
to think like a Christian, to act like a Christian, to believe like a Christian, and then judge them for not acting like a Christian. That would be like me judging a three-year-old for not paying his bills. <laughs> you just think about that. Boy, you need to pay the electric bill. Daddy, what's an electric bill? You like that voice? That's my kid's voice. <laughs> That's a little creepy. That's a little creepy. Maybe I should market that. Put that in a scary movie. Daddy? <laughs> Put that in a scary movie. But wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't it be crazy for me to judge a three-year-old for not paying his bills? That, that would be crazy. And I think it's just as crazy for us as Christians to judge the world around us for not acting like Christians. Hello? Knock, knock. Do we get that? You can't criticize for someone for act for not acting like something they're not. So Jesus says, no, 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 no. Let's bring him into the fold. Let's bring him into the family. And as they become part of the family, then maybe what they will begin to do is understand what it means to believe. Maybe they will begin to get clarity for their lives. And as a result of that clarity, they will begin to take steps to follow me. And, and then maybe as they get that clarity, they will also begin to believe in me. And, and then does, I mean, doesn't it make sense? I mean, just think about it logically. I hang out with you. I spend time with you. And I belong to you. I begin to connect with you. I become, I become one of you. And as I'm one of you, I begin to recognize like, wow, I'm thinking like they think. I'm beginning to believe like they believe. Man, I, I see the love of Jesus Christ and it's so amazing. I think I'm ready to believe. Now, once someone has reached that point, doesn't it make sense to then begin to teach them how to live the Christian faith, the Christian life? Doesn't it make sense to then begin to teach them what's right, what's wrong? Doesn't it make sense? How can I teach you what's right and what's wrong when you don't believe like I believe? How can I? So I think that there's something that we need to allow ourselves to wrestle with so that we can begin to make those changes. But again, who is your who? So I want to encourage you to pray that simple thing. Dear Jesus, I ask you right now to reveal to me who is my who. 
And if someone comes to mind, praise God for that. That's the person that the, the Father desires to, for you to invest in. And then you might be thinking, well, can I pray that? But no one came to mind. Then here's what I want. Here's who would be a follow-up question to that. In what ways are you intentionally connecting with people who don't live like you, who don't think like you, who don't believe like you? And again, further perspective of I'm not trying to do a conversion thing, not yet. I'm not trying, I'm, I'm, all I want to do is just spend time with you. That's all I want to do. And then begin to build the relationships. And then from there, you can maybe begin to see where it may go. So at work, how are you intentionally connecting with those who don't know who Jesus is? And if you start to intentionally do that, don't judge them. Don't judge them for not living the kind of life that you live. Because again, they don't believe like you believe. They don't. So then don't judge. Build that relationship. Then once they begin, begin to believe, now we can start to talk about those issues. Just imagine how the perspective towards Christianity would change if that really became our mindset. But who are you investing in? Who is your who? Also, when you decide to start to invest in someone, I love what Judge Judy said. God gave you two ears and one mouth. So that means you should be listening twice as much as you're talking. And so I just want to encourage you that if you do take the step to begin to invest in someone, make it a point to just really listen. In my message on Sunday, I read a quote that I wanted to read to you. Let me, give me a second, I'm, I'm pulling my notes up. But I thought it was really powerful because it really sums up how someone can become a great leader. It's written by a guy named John Maxwell. And I read this on Sunday in the message, but I wanted to, to share this with you as well. It says, mature leaders listen, learn, and then lead. They listen to their people's story, stories. They find out their hopes and dreams. They become acquainted with their aspirations, and they pay attention to their emotions. From those things, they learn about their people. They discover what is valuable to them, and then they lead based upon what they've learned. So if you want to become the goat in some area of your life, here's what we said on Sunday. Making others great is the key to greatness. Or making others great is the path, sorry, to greatness. Well, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And that you will truly make it a point to begin to find someone who is my who. Who I can invest in. Who I can make a difference in their lives. 
and really begin to touch their life. So that at the end of the day, when they're telling stories about how they arrived where they are, they will begin to tell our story. Oh, that is beautiful. And that is rich. If you're listening for the first time and you're just discovering our podcast, thank you for being here. If you're listening through our website, just want to let you know that we're also that we also can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever it is that you can find podcasts, you'll be able to find us there. So I encourage you to subscribe and follow. And then from there, whenever we post something new, you'll be one of the first ones to be able to know about it. And again, if this has been a blessing to you, share it with someone. Invite them to listen to the podcast as well. And if you wouldn't do that, if there's for some reason that you wouldn't do that, because there is something that's missing in this podcast that can be better, please reach out. Please let me know. You can email me at EncounterSouthBay at gmail.com. I would love to be able to hear your thoughts on what we can do to improve what it is that we do. Well, with that in mind, I hope that you're able to join us for Easter this coming Sunday, whether physically or virtually. And again, encounters about three things. Love up. Let's love God with all that we have. Love out. Let's love others intentionally. And let's love others passionately. And let's love others practically. And then finally, love in. Love yourself. What are your goals? How are you trying to be the better you? Make it a point to do that. Well, if I don't see you, have an incredible Easter, and I'll be with you next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially, with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, Again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events. You'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us. And we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.